We're turning now to God's Word, and as we continue on in our series on the church and what sort of church God is calling us to be, we're looking this morning at this call to be a serving church, a serving church. So we're reading from uh, Romans chapter 12, and uh, we're going to read from Romans chapter 12. Uh, verses 1 to 8, and if you would like to uh, bring a Bible out from the seat in front of you and follow along, we'll be kind of unpacking a few of these verses a little bit as we go along, and it's on page 1,339 of the Church Bibles. And so we break into this letter uh, of Paul's to the Romans, uh, uh, the church in Rome, uh, and he's already, we're breaking into chapter 12, so he's already got 11 chapters before that, and all those 11 chapters are really setting out about Christ, his, his, his grace, his love for us, the righteousness that he gives us. Uh, and Paul takes 11 chapters to set all that out for us. And then he says in chapter 12, verse 1, Therefore, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each, of you, as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, and we each we have different gifts. According to the grace given us, if a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is in serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, if I can have my first slide up there, please. That would be great. I'm sure it's in the pipeline. Okay, well, if it was there... And it's in front of me, so I can see it. I can tell you what it is. Uh, it's a slide of Orangefield. Uh, there's a picture of the outside of the church, and there's a picture of the inside of the church. Uh, there's coming. Yes, we're definitely getting there. And, and I wanted to just say, happy anniversary, Orangefield. <laughs> so with that slide on its way, uh, let's make a start anyway. But isn't it wonderful? Um, you know what it was? And, and it's a happy anniversary, Orangefield, and it's to all of, all of Orangefield uh, and isn't it a wonderful thing? This is what struck me. That this is the important thing. This is what struck me. Isn't it a wonderful thing to think that before the world began, God had a plan? And part of God's wonderful plan was a vision for mission and ministry right here on the Castlereagh Road in East Belfast. And in the 1930s, God imparted that vision to men and women in this area. And here we are, 83 years into God's vision and mission for this place and people. And I think that God's vision for this place and the people is summed up wonderfully in that last song that we just sung, the Graham Kendrick song. You see, back then, right now, and into the future, until he comes again, God wanted and God wants men and women, boys and girls, in this community, and wherever he sends us, 
to know about and to come to follow the one who came from heaven as a helpless babe, who entered our world, his glory veiled, not to be served, but to serve and to give his life that we might live. You see, in responding to God's vision and prompting uh, the church extension committee back in those days, they planted this church here. And on the 11th of March, the same date as we have today, 11th of March in 1935, the moderator of the General Assembly officially opened a couple of wooden huts on this site to facilitate the unfolding of God's great salvation plan. And God had and God has big plans for this place and these people. And by His grace and His faithfulness, this congregation has come a long way. Over the years, and they were thoroughly blessed by this wonderful complex of buildings that we currently have and the people that we have in this place. But by the divine inspiration of Jesus himself, both the buildings and the people have always been all about the saving of souls and the making of disciples to serve our servant king and to bring him glory. That's what we have on our vision statement, that we want to serve him daily, Disciples making disciples. That's what it's all about. Ministering to one another, ministering to our community, serving, ministry and serving. The, the words are almost interchangeable, I'd say. You see, in Him, in Christ, and what He has done for us, we get our inspiration and our motivation to respond to Him in gratitude and to be His servant people, His a servant church, a serving church. Jesus himself said in Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus is our servant king. The many he has saved and the many are still out there as well to be told. He is our servant king. He is our leader and he is our model for service. You see, throughout all the gospel accounts, we see Jesus, that God the Son, we see him serving God the Father and serving people in all that he does. We see him preaching and teaching and encouraging and counseling and praying for people, healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the hungry, rescuing people, paying the tax bills, blessing the children, washing the disciples' feet, serving the meal at Passover. And in that ultimate act of service, we see him dying on the cross for you and for me. And Paul pointed to this servant nature of Christ throughout the first 11 chapters of his letter to the Romans. And they're really summed up in, in the song that we sang. The servant king. That's the picture that the 11 chapters of Romans paint for us of Jesus. And so it's because of all this that Paul's able to say, Therefore I urge you, brothers and, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Therefore, Paul is saying, in view of everything that Christ has already done for us, in view of God's mercy, he's saying, keep the cross in view as well. Keep God's mercy in view. And offer yourselves as living sacrifices in his service. And Paul goes on to exhort us to use the different gifts and, that God has given to each of us to serve him. In fact, to offer our whole selves to him in grateful thanksgiving for who he is and what he has done for us. 
And when Paul uses the word gift here, he, he simply means any ability or talent which we have that can be used in God's service. For we are saved to serve. Saved to serve. In the passage that we've just read in verses 1 to 3, if we look at this a little, in verses 1 to 3, it tells us that in His mercy, God saves us and He starts to transform us by a work of His Holy Spirit in our lives. And then verses 4 to 5 tell us that He makes us part of His body, the church. We are His body now on earth. And then He gives us gifts, abilities, talents. And then verse 7 and 8, He calls us to serve Him with our gifts. And that's always the order of things. God saves us, starts to transform us, makes us part of His body, gives us gifts, calls us to serve Him. And that order is really important. It's never any other way. It's never serve Him in order to perhaps work our way into His favor. Serve Him perhaps in order that He might like us and save us. No. No, He does that first. That's the good news of the gospel. And so Paul sets out in this letter how we are saved. We are made right with him by the mercy of God alone. Then we're placed in the church. Then we're given gifts. Then we're called to serve him. And Paul explains that we're each a different part of that one body. And each part has a different function and ability. And each, each have different gifts to help the other parts of the body to function properly and effectively. We're part of a team. And every player has different abilities and roles, but all are equal and vital, and all are engaged in the action. You see, being a Christian is not a spectator sport. I can't help but, uh, but refer to the Ireland rugby team doing nicely, uh, and, and with apologies to anyone else from the other six, five nations. But, but those guys on that pitch, there's no spectators on that pitch yesterday, guys. They're all on the team. They've all got their different rules, abilities. They're all playing their part. And they're winning. So we all need to be on the pitch. We all need to be playing our part, all offering our various different gifts into God's service as we are being disciples, making disciples in this place and bringing Him the glory. But you see, there's some people here, maybe you're thinking you don't have any gifts you're thinking you don't have anything to offer. But you know, that's a lie from the devil. You see, I reckon if Owl and Nick could just get each of us to think that we have nothing to offer, to believe that we don't have any gifts, then he would leave us alone. I think he'd be very, very happy with that. But that's a lie. For what does Paul say in verse 6 of chapter 12? He says these words. He says, we have different gifts. We have different gifts. So we have gifts. That's what Paul says. Some people think you don't have any gifts or abilities, but that's not what God's Word says. That's not what God says. So we better get our thinking into line with His. We each have different gifts. That's the simple truth. Every Christian has gifts of service, and every Christian is called to ministry. Every Christian has a ministry. Other parts of the Bible refer to this as well, and they're worth a look. And perhaps later in the day you might look at 1 Corinthians 12 or Ephesians 4 or 1 Peter 4. They all talk about these different gifts of God. But here in Romans 12, Paul lists seven gifts, and that every single Christian here today will have one or other or more of these gifts. 
And we can break these seven down into two categories, what we might call the speaking gifts and the doing gifts. Prophesying, teaching, encouraging, these are the speaking gifts. Serving, contributing, leading, and showing mercy, these are the doing gifts. And in a moment, we'll take a look at those two categories. Now, some of the gifts of service are more widespread than others, but every one of us will have one or more of these abilities, and they are to be used for God's glory. The word translated here in this passage as serve is the Greek word diakonia. That's my other Greek word. (laughs) I'll have to ask Via later if I pronounce it correctly or not. Don't need to tell me right now. Uh, But the Greek word, this Greek word is, 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 I'm pronouncing it as diakonia. And this is a word which is generally used for a wide variety of ministries. Just as Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, here he says, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Interestingly, in Acts 6, when speaking of the ministry of the word and the, the doing, uh, the, the ministry of the word and the ministry of serving at tables, both are called by the same Greek word, the diakonia. Both are ways of serving. So the speaking and the doing are both equal and vital elements of service in the church. <clears throat> speaking and doing are like the two wings that the church flies on. We may be better at one than the other, but both are equal and both are vital for no bird can fly on one wing. We need to be using our speaking and our doing gifts so the church can fly. And whatever element of gifting we have to be is to be used. If we have a speaking gift, then let's use it. If it's a doing gift, let us use it. So firstly, God gives us speaking gifts, prophecy, teaching, and encouraging. Let's look at prophecy and teaching together. For these are to bring God's Word to God's people and to God's world. And this includes, of course, the role that the minister at the front might have on a Sunday preaching the Word. But it also includes explaining the Bible as a small group leader. Or helping our kids and our children's and youth ministries to to get to know God better through His Word. Or sharing with another person one-to-one. It includes the role of the evangelist in proclaiming God's Word to the world. And as we teach the Bible, you know, it's great because as we teach the Bible, we get to know it better ourselves. It's it's a win-win situation. So if you're a Bible teacher or a, a salt or light teacher or a small group leader, nurture that gift. Develop it. Use it in God's service. Maybe you're not yet involved in any of those roles and you'd, you'd like to be. Get to know the, the Bible better and help others to understand it. Well, those things are badly needed in, in the church generally. So let's, let's be doing those things. Speak with me and we can put you in touch with, with some training or the right books that would help you with that. What about that other word, gift, encouragement? Who doesn't need a wee bit of encouragement from time to time? We all need encouragement. That's why God has gifted people in the church to do that. And maybe you're one of them. Why not give it a try? You see, the word used here for encouraging, it ranges from encouraging to exhorting, from comforting to counseling. This gift can be exercised from the pulpit or the platform, but you know, it's most commonly exercised in private. In private. And it can be a spoken word or a written word, It can come in the form of a word to someone at church. It can come in the form of a visit, a card, an email, a telephone call, a text, or a Facebook message. These things can all be so helpful and encouraging. You see, encouragement can come in the form of befriending someone or of giving fresh courage to someone who looks as if they're they're flagging a little bit. 
Barnabas, the son of encouragement, he evidently had this gift and he befriended the apostle Paul in some of his most fruitful missions. This encourager was behind Paul in some of his most effective ministry. There was Paul proclaiming the word. There was Barnabas, go Paul, go Paul, go Paul. Encouraging him on. These are speaking gifts and these are powerful things. Words are powerful. They can tear down and they can build up. Having a speaking gift, we will want to build up. Use it to build up the church, to share the good news with the world, to to witness to the world, to bring glory to God, to help others to understand the Bible, to exhort one another on in faith and service. So God gives us speaking gifts and he gives us doing gifts, serving, contributing, showing mercy and leading. Maybe you don't feel like you have a particular speaking gift. Well, then you will have a doing gift. <clears throat> this Greek word is a word used to describe a wide variety of, of types of service. And with this word, Paul is basically saying, whatever you have the ability to do, do it. Whatever gift you've got, use it. This could be serving in any of a whole range of areas of church and, and community life. You name it. There are opportunities for working with with older people, perhaps for giving lifts to church, for serving with younger people, for helping with salt and light or youth club or any of our wide range of organizations or activities. There's maybe hospitality, serving the catering, other functions, volunteering in the cafe, providing flowers, working with the technology, on the praise team, any number of opportunities to serve in outreach locally and overseas. All important things that God has gifted you and me to do with the ability to do in his service. Just speak with me or any of the leaders of any of the organizations if you would like to explore this a little bit further. We have a a volunteering guidelines and opportunities booklet in the resource area. Have a look in there. See, does that match with anything that that you're gifted in that you would like to serve with? Paul says here then another gift is is the, the area of contributing. Perhaps that's where God has blessed you. He has given you the ability to be able to to make money or you've you've made money over the course of your life and now God calls you to be generous with that in that area, in the area of meeting financial needs. And of course, this anniversary Sunday, as we celebrate God's goodness and God's provision to us, uh, we also highlight the opportunity and the need for all of us to contribute towards the, the, the building fund as we continue to reduce that loan that we have for these wonderful buildings which allow us to carry on so much ministry and mission from this place and in this place, and all in God's service. Then Paul goes on to showing mercy, and this is closely related to contributing. And Paul says if we they have the gift of being merciful, then we need to do it cheerfully. And we're back again to in view of God's mercy. Since we have been shown mercy by God, how could we not show mercy to others and show it cheerfully? Then his category of doing gifts, the last one mentioned, is the, the gift of leadership. Again, it's, it's perhaps not for everyone. Not everyone is called into to leadership in the church. But if you are, then develop that gift. We will want to have the faith and the obedience to, to step up to rules of greater responsibility as God equips and leads and calls us. And we have many younger members of our congregation in roles of leadership in organizations. We will want to encourage them and encourage others to step up to the plate and exercise those gifts of leadership right across the board. So God gives us speaking gifts, he gives us doing gifts, and then he calls us to serve him generously 
and cheerfully with our gifts. So God has given you a gift or gifts. And maybe you're faithfully using your gifts in his service and have been doing for many years. There are some people around Orangefield who have been faithfully serving God with their gifts for a long time. And that is very much appreciated by our congregation and by our God. And this morning he says to you, well done, good and faithful servant. And he also says that for some of us it's okay to take a break from time to time. God has commanded rest. So don't be afraid to take a little break from time to time. There are others perhaps in the congregation and and, and you've started serving in this congregation more recently. And that too is equally appreciated. And you know, God may be changing your area of gifting as you go through seasons in your lives. Maybe you had an active, a very active doing gift and, and now you're no longer so mobile. Well, perhaps God is developing in you a speaking gift. Maybe you can't throw tables and chairs around anymore so handy. But what about a word of encouragement? Can you offer that? Can you explain something from the Bible to someone? Can you offer words of wisdom that only come with the years? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. God is changing your area of gifting and service, but it's just as important and just as vital as as anything else that you've ever done for him. But you know, maybe there are other folks sitting here this morning, and well, up until now, you've not really believed that you have any of these gifts, and for one reason or another, you haven't really been fully giving God your gifts in his service. Well, it's not too late. It's never too late to start to serve the Lord. This is our God, the servant king. He calls us now. He calls us now and from now to follow him. To follow him in living lives of worship and service. As we've seen, we each have different gifts. So maybe you're sitting there this morning and you're wondering, well, what your gifts are? How do I know what God has given me to serve him with? What talent? Well, the thing is, if we sit tight and don't try anything, then we'll never know. Maybe you're, you're a bit afraid to try some area of service in case that's not the gift that you have. That's not what your thing is. But how will you know unless you try? Give it a try. Treat it as an experiment. See what happens. You'll either find out that, nope, this is not my thing. Or, well, actually, maybe this is something I could do. Give it a try. See what happens. Another thing that can help us to find out how we might be serving God better is by asking other people. Ask brothers and the sisters in, in the church, what do you think my gift is? And if they say that they don't think that you are much good at anything, well, just smile and thank them for exercising their gift of encouragement. <laughs> Seriously, our brothers and sisters in the church can help us to discern our gifts. Ask what do you think my gift is? How could I be serving God better? And another thing is that if we see someone, when we see someone with a particular gift, we should encourage that on in them. We should tell them, have you ever considered, because I can really see you, that gift there. And and something not to do. Let's Let's not compare ourselves with anybody else. Don't be put off because we think that we could never be as good at something as somebody else is. We're not somebody else. We're who we are. And we are all different parts of the body with different abilities. So let us just get on with being the part of the body that we're supposed to be. 
and, and using the abilities that we have. And you know, not only does serving God bless him and be a witness to the world and, and bless the church, it, it also brings a blessing to ourselves. Serving God, using our gifts, that's exactly what we were made for. And we too will receive his blessing as we do so. Just as I finish, as we celebrate our 83rd anniversary here today, let us remember again why we're here. Here to make known and to follow the one who came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life that we might live. Jesus is the servant king. We are his followers. We are his disciples. And we are never more like him than when we are serving him. And we do it all in view of God's mercy and for his glory alone. Shall we pray for a moment? Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word to us here this morning. Please help us to be open to your spirit, to meditate on your word, and to respond to you as we should. And we just take a moment in the silence in our our own hearts to do that. Father, we ask that you would please continue to transform us more and more into the people that you would have us to be. And as we leave here now this morning, please continue to fill us with your spirit and your grace so that we may love and serve you all the days of our lives and then even forevermore. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.